I mean, it was painful watching that couple times make saves going, all right, I have armor of contempt. I'm in cover. And then his eyes rolled for a second. And you were like, all right, he's doing math. I can smell smoke. <laughs> Good evening and hello everybody. Welcome to episode three of Stat Check. This is Catan Touch This. <laughs> probably. Yeah. It's, pro- it's probably what we're going with. I think uh, that's perfect, Dennis. You did that perfectly. Yeah, that's exactly how that, that those, those words are meant to happen. I feel like yeah. that's one of those cursings. That's like the um like the the, the, the objective arrangement in Data Salvage. It's like one step away from being a summoning ritual for something no. or other. Um, uh, those those words were not meant to be said together. Yeah, yeah they, they describe vital intelligence. It's you're you're definitely not summoning anything of the material plane. Uh, yeah. I think if you play that mission too many times in a row, that's actually you're required to give it a go. Um, yep. I had a I had a process with that. I've lost it. Um, hello, everybody. I am Ennis. I am joined as always by Anthony and Nathan, and also our first ever edition of a guest. Uh, except for like with the one time we had Curie and Cliff on, but that wasn't really guests. Uh, we have above me uh, Brian Horton, who is the T.O. from Salt All the City. Things. T.O. Yes, <laughs> I planned for this. End of sentence. <laughs> so Just I, the T.O. I judge at LVO. Uh, I help Frontline out. I'm the head T.O. of the Boys GT, Atlantic City Open, Salt City Open, soon to be another one uh, yet to be named, and I help judge wherever I can go. <laughs> cool. We'll we'll come up with some suggestions for the name of that last one that you can ignore as much as you like. Um, <laughs> so, Brian is our first special guest. I would say friend of the show. We'll see how he feels at the end of the episode before we start handing out monikers. Um, <laughs> He's definitely a friend of mine. I like to think at least. I mean, that's I fine. Paint you havoc so you could play in a tournament. So he did. He sure did. <laughs> I had, and then Anthony promptly dropped them. So. I did drop one of them because it was metal and it scared the shit out of me. Oh, no, I meant, from your, I meant from your list, but sure, oh, you go true. ahead and do the tell-offs. Yeah, those those Havocs <laughs> were heroes. I mean, he knows that it happened because every time Brian's loaned me models, he snuck one metal one in and it's different <laughs> from all the rest. So every time I go to pick all of them up, one of them startles me because I'm like, why is it so heavy? <laughs> I did the same thing with my tarot guard, except it's the inverse. They're five metal and one resin. So, oh, so you just launch the resin one every yeah. time you're gonna pick them no, up. No, I keep I always ask my opponents to move them if they're in my opponent's half, just to freak them out. Ines. Ines, no. Power moves. <laughs> don't and do I'm that, classic ones right now, so I don't have to bring metal ones to cruise. Oh yeah. Oh, but they've got their own <laughs> weapons. Bone glash with bone cleaver. Oh my heart. Where's your two attack reciting talents? Yeah, the extra the extra legs. You gotta, yeah, you gotta have them were... to snap Harlequins. That's the only reason they're on my list, is so they punch Harlequins in the face, and they don't need damage too for that. Anyway, this is Stat Check. This is our theoretically competitive 40k podcast, where we talk about things that are adjacent <laughs> to competitive 40k, anything that catches our fancy and whim, and also Nathan does stats. That's why it's called Stats, and then you check what the fuck the rest of us are doing about <laughs> two hours later as we've wandered yeah. a while down the garden path in uh, competitive 40k. Yeah. It's like Nathan is, Nathan is doing stats, and then he checks where we are mentally. Uh, yeah. It's nowhere near him, ever, even once. 
That's why he's we are live every Tuesday at 11 p.m. UK and other times. 6 p.m. Eastern. 6 p.m. Eastern. 5 p.m. Central Standard Time. 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Sometime in Australia time. We're never live in Australia. Nothing is live in Australia. Have you seen their fauna? Yeah, it's true. No, no, thank you. Um, yeah, this I don't episode's know. called Touch This because Necrons did things. Um, I don't feel like I should have to explain that, but I'm going to. Gross. I'm going to explain it a lot in like. Nathan's going to explain it. Nathan's going to explain it a hell of a lot. But yeah. before we do that, let's do the easy bit. And how was your weeks, guys? We'll start with, uh, we'll go circle for me because I did the least that I can talk about. And then we'll do Nathan, Anthony, and then we'll do our guest because that feels reasonable. And we'll let our guests introduce themselves a little more properly. Uh, and I'll probably ask some stupid questions because that's a thing I do now. Uh, He's and then I'll plug, I'll plug bonus content and then we'll start on stat check. That's 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 a good plan. Uh, this is very well prepared, as you can tell, Brian. I'm uh, really, really <laughs> winging this. I didn't wake up 10 minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because you woke up 20 minutes ago. <laughs> exactly. So uh, for me, uh, I did very little this weekend outside of a practice weekend for the Team Scotland. So we grabbed, uh, we grabbed a bunch of us on the Sunday and we jammed a few games. I got to play Germany's turnus list. It is utterly horrifying for context. It's three Neurothropes, nine Zoanthropes, two Harpies, two Parasites and more tricks, three Biovores, uh, two Squads of Gargoyles, uh, Squad of Termagants, and not much else. Uh, like one Lector. And the uh, the crowning moment for me was I played a test game into our Blood Angels list and killed 18 wounds of Centurions that were stood behind seven wounds of Landspeeder Storm with the five of Field of Painting as Morals and five Voidsmen. Uh, and still put 18 more wounds on the Centurions that were behind them, despite rolling nothing above a 2 on my damage for smites. That's gross. That's it was, it feel was, bad. It was pretty stupid. Uh, really good fun. Uh, yeah, it sounds like <laughs> For me, <laughs> emotionally great. I got yeah. to wonder, I got to do, figure out some, oh, there's a Malice Center in the list as well, that's what I missed. Ah, uh, that seems Yeah. Um, it's playing the 3-inch the movement after you fail a charge ability. Which, when you can I charge through a wall, I hate this so much. You can't <laughs> physically charge through. So the, we figured out if you put a malice center on the corner of the WC ruins, that's got like a thing within twelve and a thing not a thing that's within twelve that's going to smite, and you smite and do all your mortal wounds to the, to the one thing, and then declare a charge to the other one that you can't physically make because you can't walk through a wall because you're a monster. You just get to fire and fade back the way and not be and not get shot back. Uh, it's, it's not a pylon, it's a move, so you get to I'm, wherever you please. I'm super excited to try this out this weekend. That's just, it's my favorite thing. I don't know why, but it's Hold dumb, on. and it's fun, and I'm excited. Chris, blink twice if you're being held hostage and forced to say that. <laughs> How is he going to show us the blinking? Is he going to upload new I need a video. pictures? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. I need him to, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Chris, upload a, upload a vlog to Overcharge Plasma Gaming of you blinking <laughs> twice if, uh, yeah. if everything's okay. Put, exactly. it, put it in the Discord so we can confirm that you're alive and okay. Zane yeah. says, okay, I want to test this now. You absolutely should. This is always the most fun thing for me that comes out of WTC, is that all the lists that everybody thinks are weird team stuff end up just being lists once people just figure yeah. out how to tweak out the weirdest. Uh, you were, yeah, I know you were talking about um, the Blood Angels list for uh, England, so we'll talk, to that. we'll talk about that a little bit when we come through yours. It's not about the event. Uh, yep. But yeah, that's been me. Other than that, I've been working a bunch. I have ordered parts to make my 13th hive tyrant because the one i've been using for events is definitely not going to get wc approved because it's about the size of it's about the size of that and the hive tyrant is much bigger uh yeah she doesn't get shot much so it never really comes up but i'm not risking it at wtc yep. um so yeah nothing, nothing much for me uh nathan how have you been 
I've been okay. As you can tell, because somebody noticed it in chat, Alex Taos noticed it. I am not at home. I am in the lab because I couldn't wrap up an experiment in time. Uh, but otherwise, over the weekend, I didn't really do very much. I built some more minis. I got my 3D printers up and running. And so now my hobby space is organized and completely plugged in. So I'm doing a bunch of stuff with that. Otherwise, I was reminded how variants can be a terrible, terrible thing when I failed 15 out of 16 fail no feel no pains on a hive tyrant and watched it explode, which made me very sad. You should but, not do that. I don't recommend that. I know. I just failed every single feel no pain I was called to roll, except for the one that didn't matter. And so it violently exploded all over the place, which I was awful. That reminds me of the game. Worst uh, aberration of stats this weekend. <laughs> I played, we a, talk I played a game it. a good. while back with Crusher Stampede, um, where my tyrant took 13 wounds from Airbrush Fragmentation Projectors, uh, AAP1, and died. Mm-hmm. <laughs> with me, Commander, rolling the last save. That <laughs> is... Well, I can't, but conversion, notably being the mission where if your Warlord is dead, you don't get CP. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I immediately a real bad lost, mission for that. I, that was also conversion. I immediately lost my all of my imperatives, all of my CP generation. <laughs> and everything else and i was just like i just looked at my opponent and i was like i think this game is pretty over because i'm not gonna be able to do anything for the rest of the game was this in your crusade league no fortunately it was just your undefeated streak remains (laughs) fortunately i have tied once because i couldn't make it to a game because i wasn't feeling well well as i'm sure anthony will tell us that counts as undefeated yeah that's no losses though baby I mean, I just want to tell everybody Crusade is silly for a reason. So I have a winged hive tyrant that ignores invulnerable saves, is T8, has a 5-up feel-no-pain, um, has two extra inches of movement, an extra inch on the charge and on advances, in addition to adrenal glands, and just kind of flies around. And this is your backup one, because you have the other one that's better, right? Yeah, the then there's the morals. walking hive tyrant. That is toughness nine has plus two inches of movement on top of adrenal glands. And then every time it attacks, it picks a unit it fought and does D3 plus one mortal wounds to it. It's quite something. Oh, yeah, and the wing so... type tyrant also has a parasite attack where if it does enough, if it kills something, it pops out ripper swarms and its bone sword is now AP5. It's it's ridiculous. <laughs> Why? <laughs> so I don't <laughs> It ignores invulnerable saves and is AP5. I didn't say that it was right. Oh, and it's, and it you've got the Leviathan strap for AP6, just in case. Yeah, just, you in know, case. Just, just in case I need to take somebody from a 0-up to a 6-up normal save for some or reason. Or you want to kill Sanguinary Guard without them taking a save. It's true. Well, okay, so let's let's ignore well, Crusade let's forever. The next Crusade time Crusade gets mentioned on the podcast, I, I'm leaving. Uh, is basically... You're the one who brought it up in it. <laughs> I know, but that's because up. I was trying to slack you off. Uh, yeah. I know, but I decided to detail my crusade adventures. In the stuff for you. <laughs> I know, and I don't know how you thought that was the pr- that was the path I was trying to take you on there, but I, know, I, have, a, I have a dimacaron with the synapse keyword now. It's funny, it's dude. Stop! Cool. Stop! Please stop! <laughs> Anthony, how, how was winning a GT? Winning a GT was cool. Um, it was lots of fun. I got to play Emperor's Children. Brian runs good events. That's a good combo for me to have a good time with. So that was pretty cool. Uh, I did play my round five and six opponents in no sorry i played my round four and six opponents in round seven and eight because they also made top cut so i got to play the best two people there that weren't me twice so that was that made for a difficult path to victory but we did it anyway 
Um, path to victory point five, I guess, because uh, <laughs> there was a draw. Path to, there. path to undefeated. Yeah, path to undefeated. That's what we'll call it. Um, so yeah, it was a good time. Uh, Sam, uh, I can't pronounce his last name, so I'm gonna say P. I think it's like Precipio. Uh, is a great friend. He's awesome. So I got getting to play him twice is good. And I, obviously, I love TJ. I've been friends with him for a long time. He was instrumental in my come up. So getting to play him twice also okay. Um, yeah, we had some. We had BCP do its level best to betray Brian in the third round. So That's my. It. Walked up to the table in the third round, assuming I was playing a 2-0 sisters player, and gave him the business and route to a 13 to find out after the round that he was 0-2. Uh, so that was not ideal. Anthony, but aside from that... <laughs> you don't need to dip that poor narrative-focused sisters player like into the mud. Dude, he was playing like... Dude, it was Bloody Rose. It was a good list. I walked up. I was like, all right, you got to be focused. Sisters, you know, be on it. And I was. And I was on it a little, a little too much. Um, <laughs> you, you can take your foot off somebody's throat a little bit if they're already dead. I didn't realize. I didn't know. I was like, well, on the upshot, at least you're 2-1 now. And he was like, nah, bro, I'm 3 I was like, what? <laughs> Every, everyone, everyone in Discord was like, why is Anthony just kicking the junk out of some poor 0-2 player who shouldn't be there today? Yeah, I didn't know. I fucked around and he found out is basically what happened. PCP is, PCP is good software, and that's made all the sadder by the fact that, uh, I don't know if any of you have ever used it, but Tabletop TO announced it shut down at the end of the month to, uh, last week. And like Tabletop, Tabletop TO is it's good software. It's uh, good pairings. Uh, there's a button that downloads all the lists in like one PDF. It's the best thing, <laughs> and I'm glad oh. it's gone because it was the best one. Thing. One less option for the PC, for the dominance of PCP. Yep, yep. But aside from that, overall, really good weekend. My girlfriend came with me to this tournament, which is the first multi-day tournament she's been to with me since I think the second one I did, which was like March of 2020. Um, so it's been a little while since we've done a multi-day one together and we got to spend it in Syracuse. There was a lot of really cool stuff really close to the hotel. The hotel itself was super cool. It was like a really old hotel that had been obviously updated to be nice. Um, as we sat down for the first meal in the hotel, the waitress was like, yeah, this place is haunted. Some dude jumped off the third floor in like the 1800s. We were staying on the third floor on the side of the building where it happened. Which so... <laughs> Nothing out of the ordinary in our room, but I'm told forward and backwards that that place is super haunted. So, well, you're gonna love Scotland, buddy. Oh yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> every cobblestone is haunted. Just every yeah, single one, apparently. Oh, and every paddock um, and lake. Yeah. In other good news, I'm gonna be able to solve my passport situation. So, as I've been working with Ennis to clarify, we're gonna spend a whole bunch of time together in his country. Like two days, buddy. But yeah, I mean, I consider forty-eight hours a long time. You spend one hour with me, and then you're like, "All right, I got to bed to resolve this." So, <laughs> and, can well, that, confirm... that works really well. You're definitely getting the Uber from the whole, from the airport. I'm not sending my mom. All right, that's fair. <laughs> that's good. So, Brian, you get to introduce yourself to us. Tell us about yourself. So I'm known as Legion Brian Horton, or Horton, Brian, whatever. Um, yep. I'm a TO extraordinaire, apparently. Um, I have been running Du Bois GT and helping with that for a long time. Uh, I've run every local event in Syracuse, New York, for probably the last 10 years, up until probably two months ago. And I've done 
I don't know, a ton of different stuff for Frontline. I help at Adepticon. I've helped at LBO. Uh, I was supposed to help at Nova this year, but my work said uh, no to, to one event finally. And I run the Salt City GT, which is a brand new GT that was just this weekend. And I try to do whatever I can to help and grow the community. I run the 13th Legion. Uh, we're members of Death or Glory Gaming uh, out of the Midwest, trying to be their first East Coast team to encourage the spread of sportsmanship throughout the hobby, uh, which is something I've been a strong fan of for years. So that's kind of what I do. I'm a primarily a Tyranid player, uh, but I own all but two armies in the game uh, because at one point I owned them and the last time I owned Drukari, they were like 90% fine cast and I sold all that off after playing with fine cast once. And I don't know Grey Knights because one of my buddies was sitting in the attic one day and went, I would really like to play Grey Knights. And I'm like, there's an army over there on the shelf you want to buy. So, (laughs) (laughs) But just ran the Salt City GT. uh, 74 registered players, 55 showed up. Uh, Really smooth. Eight rounds uh, total. We At the end of six rounds, we went to four players playing off against each other. And then everybody else played on for additional prizes. Uh, BCP had a hiccup where it turned my third round pairings into completely random. But outside of that, it was a pretty smooth event. Went really well. We used the GW style terrain. Uh, Everybody seemed to like it, Anthony included. Uh, We used, from the company that makes the WTC terrain, we bought their variant of the GW terrain when they were doing their beta test on it. And it's really nice. So we were pretty happy. Yeah, the terrain worked super well. That rule that, so to expand on that for a second, the way the terrain worked is that it used the GW second layout, which is essentially the one that's meant to be used on Hammer and Anvil. But that layout actually just flatly kind of is the best one. Because if you play that layout and even you use it for the Dawn missions, then most of the objectives outside of the one in the center, obviously, is in the open, but then the rest are within cover. And then all you have to do is make a rule that you can rotate the ruin. And everything works fine. And it worked really well for the whole event, which was cool. Yeah, I like the the rotating the ruins uh, that are in your deployment zone with the GW layout. Because it just allows you, because you've got the big, you know, you've got the square there. So just quick turn and done. Yep. It's it's good to see that there's ways to make that terrain work. And one of the things that people were really worried about was the two-inch area terrain rule. Of course, we did the you can't consolidate out of combat with it. So you couldn't step off the terrain and go out of combat cheekily to gain an advantage. And that seemed to be the quickest, simplest rule to edit in there. Nice. Yep. That rule's real stupid. That rule is oh, real stupid. We're, we're using ITC's ruling for it that they used at LSO for the event that I'm helping run in August, which is you can't use the two-inch engagement range to make your charge easier out of reserves or if you teleport around the table. That is not nearly enough of a change. I actually vastly no. prefer what we used at Salt City, where <laughs> like the charge is just slightly easier, and that's fine, but you can't dance shenanigans your way out of getting a hit back. Oh, I'm, hey, I'm tempted by doing to, it the normal I'm, way. Come on. I'm tempted to just oh, tack no. that on. But I've also I've tried to convince my local people, and I will be trying to convince them to just use the WTC ruling because I think it's a little bit better. I would hardly recommend it. Just the whole no. situation. It's been yeah. really nice to not have to interact with that change more than yeah. absolutely minimal. Yeah. So we might end up doing that. We'll see if I can convince the other two TOs who are helping run the event if they want to run it that way. What event are you running? I'm running an RTT. 
so I don't have to run something on that scale. Don't worry about it, Brian. I run tiny things. That... Oh, look, I run one to two RTTs a month. I completely understand. Oh. See, I run an RTT with two other people like once every two to three months because Chicago is has a tiny competitive community at this point, if you don't include all the people who drive in for Adepticon. Does that count? No. No. No, it does not. <laughs> okay, before we bounce off of Salt City, what I will do is quickly shout out uh, Curie, Jeremy, uh, who placed sixth at the tournament with his Woo! Dark Angels list, which I, I've not read and choose to believe is just Ravenwing bullshit again. It, it is, is just fact. Ravenwing bullshit. Cool. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I didn't want to read it because it would hurt my head. Uh, yeah. I don't want to read about speeders. I don't want to read about what kinds of speeders Curie can make work. Yeah. Um, they're Go not fast. real units, and I refuse to acknowledge the difference between a hail strike and a hammer strike. So um, <laughs> until somebody else is doing well with it, uh, Curie, you're getting recognition, but you can get a little bit of recognition. <laughs> Curie is just the the Captain Ravenwing needs. Someone's got the only one it's got. Yeah, it's I was going to say it's got to be somebody. There was three Ravenwing lists at Salt City, if I remember correctly. I think there was two, wow. and Curie played the other one. No, I'm pretty sure there was three because he played two Ravenwing, if I remember correctly. No, he played a Ravenwing and a Deathwing. He played all okay. the other Dark Angels. He was like, yeah, I have to go farther. On the like, planet, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I am actually the Grandmaster of, of the Dark Angels. Is yeah. what you got to do. Two Ravenwing, one Deathwing, and they all played each other. Yeah. Awesome. It's perfect. Lovely. They had their own mini RTT amongst themselves for yeah. who is best. Um, I guess we could move into stats. We have a lot more events this week. We could. I guess I'm going to force you all to do it. So right. I can talk <laughs> that, about that, that's that's a better option. Yeah. There yeah. you go. So we're going to talk about stats this weekend. We're going to walk through some win rate stuff, and then we're going to walk through some overrep stuff with the overriding theme that is the title of the episode getting touched on towards the end, where we can't touch this. People are already that, in chat making <laughs> lovely puns, and we're going to talk about how you can't touch the Necron secondaries because they break the whole thing. But that's later. So we had a lot more events this weekend, so we're starting to really get a shape for the Nephilim meta overall. If you guys want to take a look at some of the data that I'm talking about, you can look at the meta dashboard, which is on stat-check.com. You can click on meta dashboard and you can kind of poke through it. The other thing that I'll talk about is that there's been a change in our overall rankings, and I'll talk about that after we talk about. I have to do it in this. It's important. Did I? In, I don't know what happened. What did you do? Oh, all of a sudden, all of the sound went out. And I don't oh, know no. no. I think a bunch of us just muted at the same time. So you we're all mute so that you can have your moment, Nathan. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I was like, oh man, it we got were trying really not to interrupt you. Yeah, no, it, got, Nathan. it got no, really, muted. It got really. <laughs> it got really quiet. Um. <laughs> sorry. Top performing faction of the weekend that didn't have 10 or less players was Necrons. They won 64.2% of their games, which is a above Harlequins and above Tyranids win rate, and better than they've done for quite a bit now. So we've got Necrons. Necrons have their own tier, and instead of it being tiers like the Necron tiers that it was, it is now the Necron tier above all other tiers, apparently. Yeah, it turns out all the codex needed was two rounds of points drops, sweeping core changes twice, um, second and 
game wide secondary changes and CP changes that they happen to benefit from because they don't have to buy World Drill and Silent King, who also gets plus three. So all they needed was like eight Everyone, things to go right all and at once. And the Silent King getting core and vehicle was just doing fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super core changes twice. Yeah. As long as everyone else gets way worse and they get way better, then finally they can be pretty good. As long as you don't have any killing power in your army. Yes. Uh, Harlequins are next for win rate for the weekend at 62.4. Uh, Tyranids are right after them at 58.3. Sisters are still in the running for being one of the top factions of the game at 57. Then we actually have Drukari popping back up at 56. And then we drop into the 50s with Custodes and Imperial Knights, Chaos Space Marines at that kind of 50 to 52 range. And then it drops into Chaos Knights, Craft Eldar, Death Guard, and Space Marines. And Orcs at 50, 45 to about 50. And then Astro Militarum's at the bottom there, 44% win rate. Our lowest performing faction now, and probably for the foreseeable future, depending on if they don't get competitively unabandoned, is Adeptus Mechanicus, who had 11 players over the weekend and are currently at a 38.9% win rate, which is just abysmal. Ouch. Um, it's not a, good, not a good time to be those armies. That is no. quite low. And there were yeah. 11 players, so they're just sneaking out above it. Gene Steeler Colts not doing much better. They had 13 players, and they're at a 40.8% win rate for last weekend. One thing good. that's nice, though, if you go into the meta dashboard and you ignore the sub-factions that aren't real, like Ultramarines, Imperial Fist, and Raven Guard, everything's within 40 to 60 for probably the first time in a long time. So it's, it's getting slightly healthier. Slightly. Actually, not, not a lot actually, healthier. But. I actually think the meta's doing better um because harlequins aren't really winning events so i think their win rate is kind of gratuitous but it's not translating into gt wins really per se so i don't think it's as big of a problem as it could be the necrons might be a problem which is actually what i'll just transition into right now because we'll talk about some of the overrep data and the gt wins data um sisters are the not had the most top 10s at 15 and six top fours and one GT win. Uh, Tyranids are right behind them at 13, five and one. And then Necrons have the best conversion though, because they have 12 top 10s, seven top fours, and then three GT wins. So they actually ended up winning 33% or a third of the GTs that we were tracking over the weekend. Those are events with 25 or more players and five or more rounds. So we do have Necrons popping in real, real good because they have a 2.93 over-rep ratio into the top four. That's almost three times more Necron players in the top four than is expected based on their overall meta representation. Yeah, I mean, they were really strong at Salt City this weekend. I'm best xenos and what we called the best of the rest which is the best of the not top four were both necron players so doesn't surprise me quite a good faction um and yeah nathan does unfortunately have a little bit of background noise going on it's just the artifact of him being in the lab with lab yeah. things going on uh there's well, a ghost in his literally an, in his camera so it's an nmr it's an nmr machine it's just whistling every couple of seconds it's a giant magnet used for detecting protein structures i just have my office next to it, and I can't move any further away from it. Or turn it, it sounds off. like it's kind of important. It does. It is a whistling sound, and it does sound like a bird just whistling every like second or two. We'll 
as Curie is saying in chat, he'll pull it out of the podcast itself so it doesn't annoy people. Except this is why we pay Curie the money. Uh, Yeah, whatever amount of money, whatever money Curie decides that we should pay him is the amount of money we should pay him. Which proteins are we detecting? I actually don't know because I don't use that machine. I use the other machines that are in the other room. I definitely will take everybody on a video tour at some point for bonus content. You can all see the lab. Ooh, it, that's it's a... $20 million of machines sitting in a yeah. corner. Your, your, your workplace walkthrough is a lot more interesting than I'm assuming mine and Anthony's would be. Well, this is mine. Ready? <laughs> I was, I was and you did it. I was going <laughs> to say, Anthony's workplace is just his car and driving yeah. to places around the city. So Not anymore. So no, yeah. not anymore. No, I've been remote for like uh, eight months. Oh, and I'll post a picture of the office dog in the Discord, and that's all that anybody will care about from my work. So yeah. that's fine. The places <laughs> people go with your work is pretty. Yeah, that, that's fine. Like, I could I could show you as many pictures of Scotland as you want, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> so I can take a picture from out the office door and show you like the lot of lovely coastline of St Andrews, but well, this is not really a not really a work tour, is it? No, that's fair. And, and my work would be walking around a, a game store full of Games Workshop product that has an art store attached to it. So it's good fun. I don't think anybody would complain about that. No. Um, yeah, that seems cool. It's fun. It's a good time. But yeah, that's like the gist of kind of how the meta is shaping up overall. The one problem faction is just Necrons. They've increased their win rate every single week, essentially. Hell yeah, Tyranids are officially not a problem. Only at 60% win rates. Yeah, Tyranids are still a problem. <laughs> But no, no, no wait, Tyranids are said the I'm only sorry. problem faction is Necrons. It's true. The yeah. only problem faction, and you can quote me on this, is Necrons. Definitely not sisters, who are not definitely at a two for their overrep ratio in the top fours. There was one event this weekend that we tracked where it was like a winner and then four sisters players in a row from second through fifth place. So sisters players can't seal the deal is what we're getting. That yes, <laughs> definitely. That. Definitely, that is the message that we should take away from that data point: no. is that sisters aren't a problem because they never win anything. That's definitely just it. like Harlequins because their one player can only win eighty percent of his games. Like, yeah. come well, on, dude, do better. Harlequins only had six top tens and two top fours, but they also only had six players. So it's true. No, <laughs> they had. They're they're still sitting around three uh, percent of the meta. So they're That's tiny. Small. It it is a small overall representation, but remember when they used to be basically two to three players instead of two to three percent of the meta? So they've kind of kept a large amount of the bump that they received. They Look, just haven't kept to the six percent of the meta. After judging Adepticon, I never want to watch a Harlequin <laughs> on Harlequin game again in my life. That was don't the want... worst finals I've ever had to watch, judge, and do anything with. And I was just like, yeah, this is boring. Oh, look how exciting it is. It was really it was rough to watch as, as a British player as well, because I'm like, I really want Robert to win, but I can't deal with his ego if he does. So I didn't know who to root for. Like, it was terrible. It was it was really hard to parse to what armies were doing one on stream, because everybody chose basically the same two or three schemes for their No, no, no. They armies. had bits of paper on them, remember? Sure. Oh. Bits of paper. Yeah, definitely oh, and, that helped. And the partially assembled models. Because <laughs> if you saw more than at Adepticon, there was tons of Harlequin players. There was two people who had all their bikes with people on them, or all their Shadow Weavers, whatever, with people shooting the guns. And I'm like, hey, look, it's the gunless boats. Yay. Yeah. I'm going to tell you something. 
I have all of those boats, and I just hate modeling crew on them. Ever since I put some crew on Raiders and Drakari boats where they're hanging off the sides, I'm never doing it ever again. They only ever break. It's the only thing that ever happens. And I'm I, I get not it. having them hanging off, but at least have a guy holding the gun and shooting the gun. Never. Just, it, that's never not as bad. <laughs> I put, um, say it's not as bad. No, I'm just kidding. For like my Goliaths and my G-Circle army, I modeled them with like all open hatches with guys firing the stubborn. And I keep thinking, I'm like, why on earth? Why the? F- why did I do this to myself? Why did I, do I have that? to pay yeah. eight extra G-Circle dudes that I didn't have to. I chose yep. this. I turned all those riders from all of those those Star Weavers, Void Weavers, and Raiders into extra Cavalites, witches from Venoms, and then extra troops from all of the different boats. That makes sense. It's how you make an economical choice as a graduate <laughs> yeah. student. It's how you get your okay, conversion so request rejected at events. Sitting on a shelf behind me. I don't make good <laughs> economical choices. I mean, <laughs> I, I understand. I also would not consider any army that rhymes with E, Steeler, Colt, or Mechanicus as, you know, I don't recommend life it. choices. As somebody who plays Gene Steeler, Colt, and Mechanicus. <laughs> and considering I have Gene Steeler, Colt over there painted, and the Mechanicus is about to be assembled behind me. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody yeah. described Gene Circle in uh, a Discord I was did, in as, you will spend 7,000 pounds. That's the Admech army, like, sitting behind me. Oh, yeah, that is wild. <laughs> that's exciting, though. I do think that model range is amazing. Oh, it's yeah. gorgeous. Too expensive. I have some level of doubt that Ennis plays Admech. So I own a War Convocation, which is not the same uh, thing as playing Admech. But okay. it, what, it mean, what it means is that when we were trying to draft lists for, like, 2019 WTC and people went, so who's got an Admech army? And we all went, we have an Admech army. And what we actually owned was 17 calls and 30 castle and robots and nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, so we've, we've all got exactly the contents of one one, uh, more, one more complication and yeah. nothing else. Oh, so who's, who's got Rust Lockers? I got five and I got five infiltrators. Who's got Iron Striders? No. no. On a crawlers, I personally own five on a crawlers with neutron lasers, but <laughs> just in case. <laughs> yeah. Um I'm Admech's one of those weird armies where you can kind of you can definitely carbon date an Admech army by when they bought it. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Based on sure. the person's collection. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any Rust Stalkers? If yes, then you probably Ninth edition. Have Ninth do edition, you do yeah. you own way too many boats? Eighth edition. And <laughs> do you have Way too many castle and robots in seventh. Seventh edition. Yep. <laughs> that makes sense. But I think it's worth touching on after talking about how Necron, why Necrons are looking like they're a problem because they've gone up 24% in win rate since the beginning of Nephilim. It's more than they started. They started at a 40 and they went up to 64 this week. So it's quite something. Um, it's worth, I think, taking a moment to talk about why Necrons are a challenge and why they're winning events. If Anthony and Ennis kind of want to square up with that question, who first? I'll go through the system, the systemic stuff, and then we can riff on why that matters if that helps. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they got decent points drops. So you saw things like forty points come off of Catan, twenty points came off the Silent King, and then some general tweaks outside of that. But broadly, the the big centerpiece stuff that can do a lot of damage um, came down in price, which means you can just fit a, that a little bit more in. And then they made everything just a little more reliable by adding core onto stuff. So you gain access to some stratagems you didn't have access to otherwise, and also Silent King rerolls, which is very, very important because the Silent King makes things that are normally, you have things like the, the Doomsday Arc or the, the Annihilation Bard that are fairly 
good shooting platforms, but fairly inconsistent. And then you give them four rolls to hit, and um, it turns out that was an entire build in the eighth edition for a while. Yeah. And that was, you know, kind of one of the design tenets of ninth edition was stopping that. So when you give one army that back, it's kind of pretty strong. And then on top of that, with the Nephilim changes, Necrons are very well positioned to benefit from basically all of it because they don't have amazing core strategies, but they do have one or two they want to use a turn, which lines up really well with gaining two CP a turn. They don't spend a huge amount pre-game, which means they can spend a lot of detachments, and the Sand King gives you three flat for existing, which means that they can sidestep a lot of the restrictions of that because they have nine starting GP. They're not too pressed on buying Rogers and Relics pre-game. You'll maybe spend an extra detachment that you don't mind having. Uh, Necros will have to run a lot of troops because they have uh, eternal, eternally expansionist and relentless conquerors to give them a pre-game move and objective secured across the entire army or almost entire army, which means that they're not they're not as hamstrung by playing something like Patrol Outrider or Vanguard Vanguard Outrider I've seen, which is a psychotic choice that I massively approve of. Um, <laughs> Supreme Command Outrider Vanguard is a power power move on the roster that yep. I can only approve of. Yeah, I love it. Um, and then their secondaries are gassed out of their mind. Um, yeah, they have yeah. probably <laughs> four sense. of, if you had to pick four secondaries, like one per category, you would probably pick like three Necron ones for like any codex and one yeah. other that maybe you may be code of combat. Um, so Heart the Prey, uh, or now Purse of Armour, I suppose it's actually called for Necrons, uh, is every table quarter you get one point, and then the deployment zone is an additional point, and that's every turn from turn one onwards. Uh, Treasure of the Aeons is your opponent picks three objectives that aren't ones in that, that player's deployment zone, and you get two, three, or five points for holding those ones. In most missions, that's almost guaranteed two points a turn, and uh, there's five turns, that gets you 15. I would uh, just like to you... shout out holding objectives for being a No Mercy, No Respite category and not a Battlefield Supremacy one. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Uh, then they have Ancient Machineries, which is an action which they can do with their obsec stuff that moves 16 inches and pregame moves 6 inches, uh, which gets 4 points per objective they do it on. It's almost guaranteed 12 in most missions. Uh, it can be a little tricky getting it in a couple, like Recover the Relics is not super easy because you do have to control the objective. And Necrons is still not amazing at primary because yes, they get lots of obsec, but it's all with itty bitty 1 and 2, like 2 to 3 model units usually, which do suffer from there's 5 dudes stood on this I can't hold this. Um, the, it's that's also easy to just blast them into dust. Yeah, that that being the other problem with primary. Um, so Necron's primary game is still not amazing. And like, if you let, unless you just let them kill you for four or five turns, Alex, I said if you hold two objectives, you get three points. Come on, keep up, please. Okay, with the I know you're from now. New Zealand, but that's not an excuse for having developmental disorders. <laughs> Got him. <'em>. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. It's just just Alex, just Alex, just not all of New Zealand. Yeah, just Alex. Alex. We know that math is hard. That's why we're having to teach Anthony math. It's really hard, though. I think to be an engineering student and not be able to do math. Just putting it out there. Oh, and That's then true. they have the, their last one, which is Code of Combat, which is nobles kill things. Um, which is the Silent King explodes and gets nine. <laughs> oh, it was so sad. I, I rolled the five or more wounds and almost killed Dante. I was so close. Uh, don't just stop enough what the hell um yeah silent king known for uh known for being really hard to kill in combat uh, with his uh fight last or fight last aura is generally terrifying uh angel sacrifice doesn't care so much but yeah that's true yeah um yeah and then you have things like one cp auto explode for the silent king so if you do kill him in combat which a lot of armies do focus on combat these days because it's quite good on heavy terrain uh he just blows up for d6 more wounds and two d6 he's a knight that all explodes for one cp 
He's got good shooting. He's got good punch. So Cody Combat is a very reliable secondary for him. And that kind of whole holistic package combines to Necrons are not the killiest army and they're not the shootiest army, but they're good enough at both. Or they're not the, the tankiest army. They're not the shootiest army. They're not the best at primary, but they are probably the best at secondaries. And all of that package combined says that they're not really bad at anything. Uh, you've got Katan powers which help get you off the line against uh, things like indirect. Basically, Sky Falling Stars basically functions as indirect against a lot of armies in the game right now. Dude, You're two Sky Falling Stars a turn against Sisters is brutal. <laughs> sisters, Eldar, Blood Angels, none of them. None of the armies love it. Yeah. Um, Silent King explosion no longer counts for the secondary. That's good to know. So oh, that's... that is good to know. I didn't know that. I think it might have been changed to three VP for shooting and four for combat now instead of just three per kill. Oh, that's way less annoying because, God, <laughs> I hated that more than anything. <laughs> so, uh, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, so, yeah, Necron's just very holistically got brought up on almost every category you could want to be brought up on as an army. Um, mm. So I would have been very surprised if they hadn't started doing well. It's probably a little bit of a surprise how much they are doing well for some people. Uh, certainly I wasn't expecting it to be quite as high as it was because it definitely feels like you can still run them over. They're not. They're still a fairly fragile army. I think but that's our, uh, our if you're trying to push. play them on secondaries, you're going to lose, yeah. is, the, is the broad strokes. I think that's our, uh, our big murder privilege coming in there in us. Our willingness to just be like, yeah, you do have better secondaries than me. Anyway. <laughs> the... Well, Tyrion would say that about every faction, essentially. Not like, you have better things. secondaries than me, I better murder you. Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of the players that were playing the non-interactive armies now have to be aggressive, and their nature doesn't lend to that. Yeah. There are yeah, very super. few non-interactive armies now, too, basically. A lot, well, other than sisters who can play like a little bit of it uninteractive but have to melee trade still to do some stuff. Yeah, they have a really rough time into the Necrons, though, who are like, I have equally good secondaries and these two things that used to be gods. What's up? Yeah. Yeah. That stuff is real problematic. I haven't had a ton of issues in that matchup yet with the csm stuff that i'm doing but i've only played the double Catan thing once uh, and i was able to just truck through everything else and it was okay and then i eventually just stuck abaddon into one of them and they played high five game until abaddon killed him so <laughs> you can get there it just it's not pretty a high five game real yeah yeah they just stand in melee and <laughs> slap fight yeah <laughs> i mean it's like when you get rippers and you have drones and they fight each other until one of them. Oh yeah, that's bad. no, no, no. Rippers <laughs> always lose that fight because rippers lose one and then start disappearing to morale. <laughs> Not wrong. <laughs> uh, somebody asked about Craftworld Eldar win rates, and I guess I can just pull that up real quick. Yes, you can check out stat stat hyphen check dot com slash the met the hyphen meta. Nathan, what's the representation for CSM? I'm curious. For CSM, it actually jumped up a lot this weekend. Uh, let me switch this over to the other thing. People have finished rebasing their Possessed at last. No. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually... It, so there were five the first weekend that the Chaos Codex was available, and now it's at 7%. Okay. That's pretty good. This last weekend. So they pretty reasonable. jumped up a lot. How many armies did we, did we track? Like 14 or something like that? Uh, I mean... I squish all the Marines together for overrep ratio purposes, which gives me really funny things like Marines at a 0 0.19 overrep ratio. I, I personally just enjoy that a lot. And if you watch my interview with Innes, you'll learn why I love that a lot. But um, <laughs> on the meta dashboard, we expand all of that out. 
So we track every Marine faction individually on the meta dashboard. I do not track them individually for the purposes of overrepresentation ratio because it gets super muddled. And you have a lot of factions that are sub 10 players per weekend at that point, And those numbers mean a lot less at that point. Yeah, so, well. so by by the rough check, there's like 19 to 20 factions. So you'd expect every faction yeah. in Eagle World to be at five, about 5%, but Marine T up three, three factions worth of factions. So... Makes sense. Yeah, you'd expect expect about six percent on an average army, uh, with Marines being for Marines cannibalizing the rest. Chaos Space Marines at seven. It's a good sign. Good sign they're doing pretty well. They definitely bounced back, and they definitely did a lot better this weekend. Since that week, first weekend, they also did abysmally, and this weekend they had eight top tens, three top fours, and Anthony winning a GT that we tracked. I'm doing wonders for a CRS. That's right, True. baby. It More did. Oh, wow. Actually, thank you, Ennis, for reminding me that I wanted to talk about changes to oh. our CRS rankings this week. You want to hit the ELO one, too? Yeah, no. we're going to do both. We're going to do both. Yeah. Um. So we're going to start with the pure ELO because it makes me amused. So pure ELO, and then we'll talk about our faction weighted one. <laughs> so in pure ELO... Anthony Vanella, who some of you may know as a person who's on this podcast, is number one at 1,923. Exclusively um, off the back of beating up on TJ twice in a row. TJ stuck like a stone. Yeah, just... <laughs> and then Manny Chima's in second at 1,922, so one point behind Anthony. David Gaylard is in third at 1,902. Innes is at, in fourth at 1,849. And then Nathaniel Bjorg, whose name is in all caps, is in fifth at eighteen thirty-five. <laughs> if you've seen that guy's armies, it's an all caps army too. He is all his armies are chrome plus color. It is <laughs> eyeball like you are aware where that man's army is. <laughs> Very reflective. Yeah. And then if we pop over to CRS, which is our faction weighted ranking system, lame in. Innes is no longer in first place. He's been replaced by Tom Ogden. Um, oh, Innes is now in second place with 1883. <laughs> Ogden has replaced him by one point. Oh, <laughs> so happens when I take like a month off to practice for WTC. It's so unfair. Yeah. And then Manny Chima's in third at 1876. David Gaylard is in fourth at 1819. And then Vic Pajay is in fifth. At 1817, TJ Lanigan is actually in sixth on this one at 1809. And then I know Anthony's in here. So, oh, there he is. He's in ninth place at 1760. The stain of nids and harlequins on my CRS score is really screwing with me. Well, it doesn't hurt Innes, who's 43 and 3. Yeah, he's, he's way better than me, though. He won a whole bunch more. I need, my, I need my faction scores to go away so that I can... I know the nice thing. What's your... Um, I don't know if you'll know this off the top, but what's your average across these two and uh, ITC, Anthony? Do you know like what your average placing is? Uh, I'm 6th in the ITC right now, I think. So 1st, so, 6th, and ninth. Yeah. So 16, so 5.3. Man, yeah. that's hard. Yeah. Yes. Right. You actually did that correct and quickly. Good job. Yeah, um, I've got second, second, fourth, and fourth. So three point three average. We'll take that. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, just you're third in the world on average. That's no, okay. slightly worse. Worst. Slightly worse than third. Yeah, we're gonna say third because there's no third point third place. Yeah, That's... we won't look at mine. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm in like the 1600s, so don't. I'm sorry. When we do the WTC draft, we're play, we're organizing it by ranking score of some kind. So it's probably. What are you gonna do? <laughs> it's probably Mir. Well, for Cliff. seating order, right? It's gonna oh, be Mir oh. Cliff, and then uh, probably Curie, and then Anthony, and then UNS. Yeah, that sounds right. That's it's a pretty, it it's way. pretty easy to organize it by rank. It's yeah, not it's because Anthony had it for the uh, the LVO draft we did. So I did. I was I was the champion of the LVO draft because a bunch of you guys um, didn't know all the East Coast killers that went out there and got like twenty third and seventeen. At, at least and... for at least for <laughs> at least for the WTC, it's just countries, and it's a little bit easier to parse who is good and who isn't. There's a lot less players than there. That's true. We'll talk, we'll There's talk a lot less WC countries than there are the players in the LBO. Yeah, we can touch on it some more at the end. But, um, but yeah, so that's the CRS. Whenever it changes dramatically or if Innis drops or takes first place again, I will continue to report on changes. Sorry, Anthony can watch me replace him in real time at the uh, the singles at WTC. Oh, it's going to be so sad. <laughs> I'm going to be doing my best to get Innis just slaughter hammered. Like, just crushed. Can't Brad Chester hammered? Yeah, like worse. Like we're gonna go. Like shout out to the goat, Brad Chester. By the way, <laughs> love that guy. Um, yeah, the I'm gonna do my level best to get Ennis. Like can't stand at the table, hammered. And we'll see if we can crush his war master dreams. I really hope Anthony and I end up liking each other in person because this is gonna be really awkward. If, uh, really awkward. Yeah, if not, <laughs> I will. I will say that Anthony is very pleasant in person. Oh, thanks. I do I my agree best. With that. I try. I don't know if you guys are trolling me now. That's the problem. No, it, I, the like, I have very positive uh, I, I, I loaned him and one of his buddies a ton of Tyranids for ACO. And I'm like, I don't know about this. I'm like, giving my, you know, my well-painted nids a little bit, you know, to people. And number one, they took good care of them and they were very thankful with drinks. So it helped out. Yep. We always repay in alcohol. We do, we do our best. The, uh, yeah, I was... Nathan's a healthcare advocate for a weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. It was uh, Anthony and uh, Fox who were my healthcare advocates for an entire weekend and delivered food, drinks, and, and like supplies and edibles to keep me from <laughs> like losing my mind while I was in a small bedroom of an Airbnb and yep. occasionally sitting sadly at a riverside with COVID. Those yep, a lot. <laughs> That's true. Uh, it was a it was a wild weekend. Week. It definitely was wild. Yeah, definitely sounds like a forty k weekend. It really. Yeah, it was. It was big forty k weekend energy. <laughs> if you want but, to hear uh, more about Nathan's big forty k weekend energy, you could check out the bonus content. That's true. Oh God. Yeah, I do talk about it in our bonus. Yeah, Why don't okay, you talk I'll, about that right now? I'll do the I'll do the plug now because we're almost an hour into the show. Go so for this it. is our podcast forty k stat. Uh, no, just stat check. We're not called forty k stat check. Um. We do this for free. We put out this 90-minute podcast once a week, every week on Tuesdays at the times we said at the start of the episode. I'm not reiterating. Don't let me do it because uh, I will forget them every time. However, um, paying for stuff like the Tableau is not free. And for that end, we have the Patreon, which is patreon.com slash snapcheck. There for $5 a month, you can get access to all of the bonus content we create. Uh, or almost all of the bonus content, I guess, because you guys added tiers. Um, you can get access to all of the bonus content we create that is for the normal consumption, and then you can also get access to the Discord, where you can do things like ask us questions and not have to make the live show to ask us questions. Um, so if you'd like to support us, that is the place you can do that. As of now, we have released one piece of bonus content, which was an interview with Nathan, uh, which to find the name of, you'll have to join the Discord or sign up, because the name is funny and I'm not giving you free stuff. 
However, there will be a limited release of some of the bonus content, some of the things that we're proud of, some of the things we want to get a little wider spread will come out a week or two after for general release for everybody. So if you don't, uh, you can't afford it or you uh, you are supporting other things in the, in the 4K scene, which we wholly support, then there will be ways to get access to some of the better stuff of the content. So we will probably release Nathan's interview in a week or two uh, so that everybody can see it um, because it also it helps with guests. And we're just going to say that one straight up. If we put it out for everybody eventually, guests are more likely to be willing to come on and do it with us because it's not they, they can share it with their audience then and that's quite good so you know yeah. um trying to be business headed on that one it's good for us as well but if you want early access to that content and you want to see more of it uh if you want to see our wtc draft so we're going to be doing a fantasy draft of the wtc with uh the three of us nathan anthony and myself and also curie and cliff and we'll be doing a fantasy draft we've got some extra little bonus prizes to hand out uh, and I will hopefully, if I can get the architecture sorted, I will be releasing a version of it that anybody can take part in as well, so that we can uh, have a Discord um, battle royale mm -hmm. for W for uh, best WTC draft, so that we can make it a little bit of an event. That's my that's well, my plug. Uh, if you enjoyed us and you want more of us, you can get more of us. That that's that's the long and short of it. Uh, and we hope you are enjoying it. Or you, you can also support such mad content as me teaching Anthony how to do mathematics. It's true. If and future content that will also be at that tier as we roll. Yeah, I still can't believe that. that's a thing that exists and that people are paying for. Dude, people but... love that, by the way. Yeah. That, the most instant support I've ever gotten in my life was for me to <laughs> learn math. Everyone was like, this guy needs help. <laughs> I think people heard you just like one too many times get frightened by an Excel sheet or basic like addition and subtraction that they just decided that you needed some assistance. So after Anthony gets back from the WTC so that supporters of that tier are aware, we will start at math lessons with Anthony that all of the Discord patrons will be able to access. Yep. You can watch me suffer. That's true. Yep. Also, for those of you that are interested in that type of thing, one of the bonus content things that I'm going to do might be after WTC, might be before, I'm not sure yet, uh, is I'm going to do like a thing with uh, San Principio where we sit and talk about Blood Angels for a little while um, because people seem to want information about Blood Angels that isn't like just Sam or like just this. So it's going to be the two of us together because um, we play the army super differently and we come to a lot of the same conclusions, but how we get there is really different. <laughs> Speaking so. of Blood Angels, do you want to talk about your experiences with the English Blood Angels list a little bit? Yeah, so I obviously I played Sam twice this weekend, and then I spent some time like really trying to break down and go through what the deal with Josh Roberts' list was. Because I was like, A, Josh Roberts is super good. There's no way he's playing garbage, right? That's just like flatly not possible. It might be niche, but it's not going to be bad. So what I did was I took some time and I went through like, what is this list? I like went over the list itself. It's a bunch of death company units, essentially way more than you would normally take. Um, I think there's a strong argument for this to become the default blood angels build going forward. Um, it maintains a the witch. This is one of my favorite things about it. Um, and it didn't, it didn't welch out and go for the easy, easy money psychic secondaries. Um, so basically the, one of the issues that you have in blood angels right now is that when someone puts a unit, in a transport you lose so what this does instead is it, it's on the spot by the way like they put the unit in the transport and the declare reserve step and you have to concede out of respect so the way to get around that because normally what you end up doing is you end up in this really weird space where you spend like a, 
180 point unit to kill like a 60 point transport you want to tear your eyes out of your skull so what happens instead is that your ever powerful death company rock up to the transport they whip out their five inferno pistols and they blow it away and then the dudes charge the stuff that was in the transport and kill it netting you four points on the spot and a fifth point when that death company unit inevitably gets shredded um kill like kill a thing score three points is super powerful as a secondary and changes the dynamic of that matchup from being i throw my unit away get nothing except your transport dead and then my unit dies to i throw this unit away i literally get a point when it dies and then between either the shooting or the charging if needed both who cares it gets me four points um so it's real good um only thing that i've changed and i'll talk about this a little bit when i talk to sam is i've adjusted it for like my own play because after playing sam this weekend i was super impressed by the last fusel eliminators they basically take eldar bullshit and put it in blood angels and that is a not okay and b hilarious uh the unit just like stepping out shooting you and then being like bye with flat three damage shots is rough i lost a whole possessed unit to them the second time we played turn one uh like it was like it's only six shots total but that was enough and i lost all of them uh as it turns out eight three three is a pretty good profile but yeah that list with those changes is really really good at shoring up what is a ma- otherwise a fairly major weakness of blood angels and gives them a really consistent secondary in the no mercy no respect category where otherwise you have people trying to build for i'm going to be a little bit mean garbage like death from above that secondary sucks don't do that (laughs) so yeah so that's a little taster of blood angels chat with anthony and sam so if you want to hear more of that refer to my previous section yeah or ask me questions about it very quickly right now in the patreon discord and i'll get to them on this episode (laughs) yeah because we're going to jump onto questions in about five minutes yep Okay, is there anything else we want to touch on meta-wise? Uh, WC lists are all out and post-corrections. There is a link on Reddit, I believe, or you can check them out on uh, BCP, where the event is sponsored. So yeah. if you want to check out all of the lists from WTC, they're there. You should go and do it, because There's if you want to see what stuff. the meta is going to be shaped by for a few months after this, WTC is probably a good place to start, because a lot of the innovation is coming out for this event, um, and there are some wild, wild bullshit in there. Uh, that people are very much sleeping on. There's so many Magnuses. Yeah, which <laughs> I don't know about that one, but me neither. But they're they there. Are, yeah, they are. They sure are present. And there are <laughs> there are good players who are having to play Death Guard. So there are whatever the very best version of Death Guard is going to look like for a while. It's probably yeah. in there somewhere. There was uh, a we were doing the pairings matrix and like one of the like I think the way the rounds work out is that when the te- the round we play a team with Death Guards on the scouring and I was like I don't really know what that man does about the nids list as i have it constructed <laughs> like the double zones float up to a death guard army and they're like sorry bro <laughs> there's also yeah, a the, uh... freaking sisters list with uh the triumph in it and just like yeah. a bunch of nonsense i think yeah. that's actually i think that's lenin's list actually is he the one who brought sisters for america i thought it was the american no, sisters has it, but... no, that's it the triumph. grant has it no grant not... sorry yeah, we have no triumph not... Yeah. Okay. nobody can read grant's list so oh, it's fixed <laughs> now i think i know it's fixed now but um <laughs> it was yeah, we have the nonsense before so we have the spanish title list which is the 15 crisis suits with max plasma and, and data scry salvage and it's like 
oh no yeah that's rough do not want to go first against this yeah the uh we were i was looking at the talus in like our pod the other day and there was like one of them where it was like a bunch of suits and i like looked at the list and i was like it's like four plasma rifles total what happened here Points yeah, then you read some of them, and it's like, oh, this has three hammerheads and two of the Sunshark bombers. I don't like that. Yeah, no one's happy about fighting that. That's not a game that. That's not Smokey One. That's those Sunsharks the... are terrifying, by the way. Yeah, they, they are made of paper and glass, but who cares? That's the if you've popped out of cover and are in line of sight, you are going to die. List. Well, you don't have to pop out of cover. Well, yeah, the Sunsharks will come get you. The Sunsharks will come get you, but the hammerheads will cover every lane that yeah. is available. That's true. I mean, to be fair, they're only 40 points cheaper than Harpies. They're 40 points cheaper than Harpies, and I'd rather take a Harpy every day of the week, but... You're not wrong. They're not... 40, they're 40 points cheaper than, like, a non-upgraded Harpy. Yeah, no, like, a non... Yeah, non-Synapse or... Well, the other thing, yeah, yeah, but, I mean, those are those are bonus upsides. Like, Are they, or are they auto-include when you take Harpies? Be honest with me. <laughs> I don't have to be honest with you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> A synapse does feel mandatory on one of them. Just oh, absolutely. Saying. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Even I can notice that. Good job, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> Is the ten point upgrade that gives me transhuman and all my auras good? Asking for a friend. Mm. <laughs> Maybe. All right. Is it questions time? It's questions time. So. Uh, is there any interesting ones in chat before I have to grab my phone? Uh, let's do a scroll. Seth says, once Anson learns math, he can play solitaire like a real art of four member. <laughs> it's not really a question, but... It felt right to repeat it, though, for Anthony to see it. Uh, right, it looks like we're okay on questions from the chat. I mean, it so... was painful watching that couple times make saves, going, alright, I have Armor of Contempt, I'm in cover... And then his eyes rolled for a second. And you were like, "All right, he's doing math. I can smell smoke." Yeah, yeah, it's not good. It's not good. I hate having to do that every time. I'm like, "Oh." So Christ. I have a, a very broad general question. Just when you play against Armor of Contempt nowadays, do you tell your opponent the AP before or after Armor of Contempt, and have to clarify every time? Oh no, I just tell them the AP, and then I wait, and then I double check them. <laughs> that seems fair. The. Uh, oh, my aberration of math that I forgot to tell you about. All right, kids. <laughs> strap in so i in my hubris charge 10 plague marines with all 10 of my buffed terminators black rune transhipment no rerolls easy money i'll fight second no big deal right math says i lose two three maybe four if shit gets crazy my opponent uses the damage carryover strat i'm like that's fine. That makes sense. You know, he's got a lot of CP. It's turn four. He hasn't left his deployment objective. So, like, you know, game's not really in doubt. Everything's going to be fine, but we'll see how it goes. Um, a man rolls this flails. He's like, take eight saves. And I'm like, no big deal. Things like AP2 or whatever. Who cares? Roll my saves. Eight. Or I think it was seven. Ones and, ones and twos. And I was like, oh, that's a bad start. So... We get over to the mesas. Now, for those of you that are not familiar with the Plague Marine mesas, they are AP 1, damage 3. Same thing, right? No big deal. It's going to be fine. Roll 6 attacks, 4 saves. Okay, 4 1s. Good. Strong. 
lots of people are dead at this point. Get down. I've got three Terminators left by the end of this. He's got four, maybe six. Swings with that big, stupid cleaver. I'm like, all right, no big deal. Same thing, not super high AP. He rolls to hit, rolls to wound, take two saves. And I'm like, easy. I failed every save to this point. Surely I pass one of these. No, fail both. Now, he rolls the first dice for damage. Six, flatlines two of them. And I'm like, no big deal. I still got the, the leader. He's got three wounds. He can't do that again. Guess what? Sure could flatline the entire 10 brick from full health to zero with one Plague Marine squad and two command points. That is some powerful energy. Uh, I vastly approve it. Especially I, I love like, so There's much. a bunch of lists running like 45 of those things. <laughs> there's so much spike potential there. The, yeah, the average there, I, like I said, I think it's like three, maybe four. All of them was like, what? What even? Huh? They don't have like the putrefier for the mortal wounds on anything on top no, of that? No, no, just Jesus. unit swinging. Like, yeah, that, that's pretty brutal. I'll give you that one. It was bad, dude. It was really bad. I was like, what? Good, good. I'm, I'm glad you had to suffer Perfection. that. I'm glad there was a death card player that at least made you think a little bit. Um, yeah. No, no, you thought this is bad. I'm losing models. I shouldn't be losing models in this matchup. Yes, that's there you go. You got there. He was super nice, though. That was one of my favorite games of the weekend. That was uh, Zach Prinslow. He was awesome. We had a grind all the time. We were laughing so hard when that happened. Every time one of those save dice would hit the table as a one, we would lose it because it was like, again? Yeah. There was two games at this tournament where my Terminators were like, nah, boss, we're going to take this game off. The f one of them was round one against Iron Hands, where I lost eight of them to a drop pod with no buffs. Like, just just an Iron Hands drop pod shooting into trans hitmen, no reroll Terminators in cover. Just lost eight. I was like, oh, okay. We don't need those. <laughs> that's that's some Nassim math, that is. Yeah, uh, yeah, it is. That, that is, you have been blessed by the original Iron Hands. Uh, yeah. You, do not pass go, do not collect $200. Yeah. Anthony, you need to take those dice out back and just get rid of them. Just They're the Iron Hands. I was giving them away all weekend. Well, hopefully you gave away all the bad ones. <laughs> that's some real cursed energy. Yeah, well, you guys can see America dice. That's on his table at the end of that uh, Plague Marine game. Just saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. You guys got Team America dice sorted for this year. Do I look like the person that would know that? Yeah, you don't. Does this seem like a team? Money oh, I. That didn't happen. So there you go. So Innis, Anthony does not plan things. I know. Anthony lets other people plan things and just puts money in Bro, slot. Innis is experiencing that things. right now. Anthony sent me his flight right confirmation, now. but not the number of the flight or what time it arrived. That's not true. Yeah, it is. The confirmation you said didn't have any of that detail. Oh, I'll scroll up right now. Uh-uh. <laughs> no, no, the, the one you sent me when I requested it had all that information on it. Oh, so the one that I just slammed into the chat to be yeah. like, yay, I'm going. Yeah, nothing. nothing wasn't of specific the enough for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, okay, my bad. <laughs> it's just Pardon my excitement that like, I got oh, it done. Okay. <laughs> the good thing is, Innes, no matter what you plan, Anthony will just go with it. Yeah, I know. I basically Anthony figured he's like a puppy. Yeah, yeah. Is. You you walk him where he needs to go, and that's it. He just yeah. goes, and he's happy the whole fucking time. Yeah, I'm not gonna ask you any questions. 
<laughs> I'll just be like, you got a boss. No, no, no critical thinking. Only he's yeah. not gonna eat the fish and chips. That's what we figured out. Yeah, only obedience. That's what I'm I'm great for. <laughs> I'm really good, good in like a team format or at work. Like you can be like, Anthony will do that task that I told him to do. He's really bad at looking busy once he's done, but that task is getting done. <laughs> questions <laughs> sometime today um, in us god okay can you guys go over chaos legion tiers where do wordbearers and black legion fit into that and how do they play and what units are good can i direct you to the art of war tier list no uh, no you, you can't can. no, no, no. So no. If you give me give me one second i can grab the artwork i'm gonna give you so, a real answer to this black legion are top to tier competitive staples best in the game no. from harkin and no. raptors just wordbearers all right, I got him. All right, so <laughs> we... <laughs> he can he can change that himself. <laughs> He's gonna walk away for a minute. <laughs> All right, so anyway, um, in general, the that was great. I'm very happy that I did that and that it works because the funniest part about that is that like I don't have like special admin thing going on right now. He could just hit unmute and he would have been fine. Um, so at the top, at the upper level <laughs> is some combination of Emperor's Children, Iron Warriors, Creation's Bile, and Word Bearers I think. Um, past that point you get a bunch of the rest. Honestly past that point it's like the rest it doesn't super matter i don't think like i black legion's probably slightly better than like alpha legion sure but whatever a after a certain like power level you're just not playing the straight line power stuff there's like some level of like you can play black legion with a master of possession and just heal abaddon and knight armies are like all right i guess i lose like the that stuff exists, but if you want, like, the most powerful, like, cohesive game plan and army list, it is Emperor's Children, Iron Warriors, Creations of Island Word Bearers. Um, different units are good in different ones, but Possessed are good in all of them. Um, you can make hilarious Possessed Bricks in each of them. Uh, the ability for Emperor's Children to take a Possessed Brick that's T6 with minus one to win and give it a Feel No Pain is hilarious. Iron Warriors can make theirs minus one damage and turn off your wound rerolls. Word Bearers is obviously terrifying offensively, and Creations of Bile 1 fights on death and is faster and stronger. So they all have different things that make them super good. It's just a matter of how you want to build it out. I think no matter which way you build a CSM army, it's almost always going to be melee-focused. Fo I think as shooty as you can get is probably Emperor's Children or maybe Iron Warriors. Past that, all everything else is just like big melee time. Word bearers and creations have the most consistent secondary game plans, and that's like broadly the breakdown as far as the CSM legions go. I'm gonna unmute Ennis now, so he'll sit back down, or maybe he won't. Who knows? He might just loom in the doorway forever. Oh yes. no, he's back! He's not <laughs> back. He took his cue. <laughs> he took his cue by staring at the microphone that he could have removed at any time that he wanted to. Yeah. I really stopped looking happy, so I figured I could come back. Yeah. There oh, you go. That was also a good cue, but did you yeah. know? That you can unmute yourself when Anthony mutes you. Mm -hmm. He knows because he did it the first time I did it to him back in like episode, you know, ye olden times. 20 minutes ago, yeah. Back in yeah. episode ye olden times. <laughs> All right. What's the next one? I don't, I don't know. I wasn't here. I don't think no. you answered that one satisfactorily. I, I did. That one was so good. So remember, hearken. No, not. I'll tab back in. I'll do it. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, oh, the oh, my phone just jumped to the end. Um, what are your thoughts on Black Legion flavor rubrics jumping with the veil plus vets and Abaddon rerolls? Legitimately, not that bad, but not worth that level of investment. Uh, it's like a lot of steps to get like a solid flamer bomb. It will do a bunch of damage. It's way better than whatever the whole thousand suns do with theirs. But it's if still they get the icon it. keyword, so they go to AP three. They do. talk to me again. No, they no, do. They, they don't get the icon keyword. They get Why icons because icon of flames in the uh, thousand suns codex don't give you the icon keyword, and they oh, use that data sheet. Keyword. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So um, they don't have the icon keyword at the moment, so they don't benefit from the marker's inch on that. So they don't get the AP three currently. If gotcha. that changes, talk to me again. Uh, oh, the yeah, they become much... I thought they had it, and even then I was like, they're good, but they're not insane. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, without it, I'm not sold. I think you will hit a lot of chaff with that, unfortunately. Uh, and it's not to... worth holding in reserve for like three, four, three, four turns to hold in backfield. It's very expensive for that. I think it's not bad, like out of a Rhino, like advanced work time go. But like... And that's like a list that... like a set of tools that's like broadly applicable right like a rhino isn't bad yeah because they can take warp time themselves because um they get oh yeah they totally could so they can just um, the legionnaires don't yeah yeah so like that's not again it's not bad the only problem obviously out of a rhino is you don't get the abaddon buff but like you know aside from that it's mostly fine but you get the abaddon um oath of moment buff or whatever the seal of oath the seal of oath warlord trait yeah Mm -hmm. so there's definitely ways and means yeah it's again it's not bad it's just not insane. Also, okay. any Legion pretty much can do that again. Then we have a question from somebody who unfortunately didn't know that the Leviathan supplement is gone. So yeah. we're going to just move past this one. Could you imagine if painful. it wasn't, though? Yeah, remember that time we were like, it might stick around. It might stick around. Do you remember that brief window? Do you remember Godfucker? The good old-fashioned, the one that never was. <laughs> good old-fashioned 85 Mortal Wounds. Ah. Uh... What almost was? I played one, I played <laughs> one game. One game with That's it. That's how many I played with it. I played one game, and I was like, "This is not fair." No, no, it isn't. It's not okay. Uh, for for context, everybody, God, Godfucker was a build of the Hive Tyrant when you could utilize Leviathan, Crusher Stampede, and the New Terran Codex, and you could have like quadruple exploding sixes with five plus three D three attacks. And... Dude, it was madness nine mortal nine mortal wounds on the charge and that brief to be fair, though. every time i play against mark and the comparable hunter and colonel's bow i'm like why did they have to take crusher crushing uh breaking through away from me i think so much better than that ever was do you remember that brief window of time where we weren't like there was no uh whatever the version of the leak that was like publicly available was didn't have the hive tyrant limiting rule and we were like yo i'm gonna run seven yeah like <laughs> Yeah, it's seven and like one squad of tyrant guard in front of them. It's like this is all I need. I don't yeah, need anything else. Yeah, why would I ever do anything else? I'll that play army white obsec and the lobby obsec. Oh yeah, right. Good times, good times. Not yeah, not not really, that. but yeah. they they were definitely times. Yeah. Lots of discussion, lots of discussion, lots of discussion. That's the bad the bad thing about having an active community is people start discussing around our questions. Um, what makes you stay with a list or faction when it gets nerfed or a newer or shinier book comes out? Familiarity of play. Familiarity of play is a good answer. Um, normally it depends on... So for a little while there, Jukari got like nerfed and then Thick City was around. And then while Thick City was around, Town Custodes came out and I really didn't want to play Tower Custodes. I briefly considered playing Custodes, but I just I tried them once and was like, eh. 
I just didn't like the new shiny thing like at all. In fairness, them and guard are probably the only things that I just flat wouldn't play. Maybe like two of the demon god allegiances, like if Zinch or Nurgle are good, I'm not going to care about that book either. But like, it just happened to hit in such a time where like my army was viable enough. And then I just didn't care that much. But yeah, I stuck with Drukari through obviously the entire time that they were good, even though I'm pretty sure Admech was better. And then they're still there like a 57% win rate, buddy. Like, yeah, they're still super high. Like, the so it was easy to stay with them because they were good. I think CSM will be one that I ride with for quite a while, unless corn demons very specifically come out and are absolutely bananas. Then I'll have a hard time not switching, but past that, I'll probably be fine. Are you concluding world leaders as the same thing as Kim Space Marines there? Sort of, kind of. I don't actually foresee them doing world leaders as better than the Slanesh options for melee armies. I think they're going to do yeah. what they've always done, which is where Slanesh gets to be the melee army and Corn is Perils take, Psychers uh, take Perils on rolls of an 88 on the eighth day of the eighth month. So. But if Corn Demons are broken, world leaders might get 25% extra on top and, of that. And then they could be 25% closer to being good. <laughs> but yeah, oh, until then. It's just hobby stuff for me. Like, if I don't want to hobby an army, I won't switch to it. Like, there's way too much time that I invest into, like, building and painting minis to, like, build and paint an army that I don't like the way that it looks aesthetically. Yeah, that makes sense. So, Brian, with you having just kind of everything, do you, how do you decide an army to play at a given time? So, I legitimately can look around my room and just go, what am I in the mood to play? What, what mood strikes me for what I want to do? I've got, you know, Tau, every Marine army in the world sitting behind me, Knights. On the other side of the room, I've got fully painted Necrons, Orcs, Tyranids. I've got probably 30,000 points of painted Tyranids at this point, so I can kind of just go, oh, this is the thing? I'll just play it. Uh, three people can message me and go, man, we, we, we need Raveners to borrow for a thing. I'm like, how many do you need? Oh, ten. How many do you need? Nine. Uh, I need five. All right, here you guys go. Um, but I admit to my problems that I, I'm crazy. I also get to buy at a large discount, so that helps a little bit. Uh, but I've also been playing for 30 years, so I have 30 years of accumulated models that kind of just keep going. How long do you find and, you usually stick with an army if you like if you're playing it, or is the call of the call of new broken? So like when we went through that period where it was like we had Drakari were really strong, and then Custodes and Tau were really strong immediately after, and then and then immediately after that it swapped over to Harlequins. Did you kind of? So stick I with the one you'd bandwagoned onto, or did you just I, go with the flow? I, I never bandwagoned onto anything at that point because Drukari was so obnoxious that there was, in my opinion, unless you were playing Drukari, you just were not playing the same game. Um, so I just played what I felt like playing. I wasn't going at that point. I was like, I'm not winning the events because I don't want to play that Arnie. I didn't like the style. It didn't fit what I enjoy doing. So I was like, I'm just going to go be a mid-table hero, have a good time. Uh, when I go and try and play seriously, I look at the meta and go, okay, which army in that play style fits what I enjoy doing? Like, I enjoy very much like Anthony. I like running up the board and smashing people in the face. It's I find it a ton of fun. It's what I really enjoy doing. So Nids have always drawn me to that because they do that a lot. Orcs, kind of the same thing. When they had their heyday at one point in time years ago, it was good fun to do. When they were the, you know, lob bombs at you from behind buildings it was boring i didn't enjoy playing that so i just i play what i enjoy um on the competitive side of things i can smash i can have a good time but i a lot of times tend to play what i enjoy 
And are you making that decision sort of like on an event by event basis? Or are you just going, uh, are you kind of picking for a season or is it just? I, I go for an event by event basis. That's the, the nice part of the wealth of models that I have is that I can go event by event. Um, if I ever decide to not run 8 billion events a year and play an 8 billion, then I'll probably pick one and just go strong into that for the entire, you know, for the entire season if I can. Yeah, that's fair. Cool. I'll jump on my answer for that one quickly before we move on. Uh, I am kind of hamstrung by WC commitments, which is a very important thing for how I organize my tournament calendar. So I've been playing NIDs basically nonstop since March, uh, like the start of uh, March, February. Like I put a little bit of Gene Sokol mixed in there, but basically I've been playing tournaments for this entire season because they were the army that I am quote unquote playing for WTC, which ended up being the case, which was nice. It doesn't always end up being the way it goes. Um, but I kind of unless I have a very strong reason to move off of an army I'm playing, and that tends to be around, unless it's between sort of like the end of after WC through to like the start of the year, uh, then I, I tend to just play whatever I feel like at that time. Um, it tends to be play what I'm play what I'm playing and stick with it. It just has to be the way it is for the way that my season is organized. But like when we come around, when we swing around to the season where I'm going from basically the stretch from after WTC to the start of L to LVO, I'll be playing whatever I think my best chance of winning is. I'm probably not going to buy a new army to compete unless it's like something I'm like expanding. Like if I want to take something I've got and add two hundred like two hundred pound or three hundred whatever a thousand points to it, that's fine. But I'm not going to like buy Necrons out of it unless I have a very compelling reason to. Uh, I will just jump between all the armies I have. I'm operating kind of the same as Brian, where I have twelve years of accumulated armies. I have you know. 10 different armies I can jump between, so I will jump between them shamelessly and have absolutely no qualms about doing it. Yeah. I'm starting to get there. I'm noticing, like, as the meta roll catches up to me, I'm like, oh, got quite a few, uh, a few armies laying around now. Yeah, that's where I'm starting to get to, and I used to, like, prune my collection periodically, and now I've got guard sisters, a bunch of elf nonsense, and tyranids at, like, 2,000 points or more, and that's just, like, so much stuff. Yeah. Right, oh, this oh, is, so, can I flex for a half second? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, oh, boy. All right. So, like, if you'll notice, oh boy. So, go from paint shelves to, and grad. There's Admech. There's other armies behind me. Uh, you go over there. That's like all Marines. There's oh, Jesus. tons of stuff. Gene Stealer cults. Everything. Organized chaos and- there. Yeah tons of models i've got unpainted work so i gotta get my butt working on and then just massive amounts of tyranids and that's just in this game room the other game room has more stuff i also own i don't know like 50 tables worth of terrain yes powerful nice nice so i have i think my total now bear in mind in three months will be the third year that i'm in the hobby um so I have Chaos now, Blood Angels, Harlequins, Tyranids, Chaos Knights, and Drakari that are somewhat well-rounded out. Drakari is actually pretty easy to round out your collection on because it's like not that many units because Drakari is like three tiny armies in a trench coat. It's not like one <laughs> actual real army. Um, and then, you know, Blood Angels, I'll never have even close to all the units because Marines are a joke. I've been playing um, Marines since the day I started, and I probably have less percentage complete of them than any other army I own. Yeah, it's, like, not even a thing. I have a decent amount of nids, but same thing. I have, like, what was good when the ninth book came out. Um, 
Chaos is getting there. Chaos is like a one step at a time thing. I'm also very slow to collect Chaos because I'm really good friends with TJ and we like very different parts of Chaos. So like if Corn Demons came out tomorrow and but Zinch was also good, we could just both use his Demons collection because it doesn't really... There's no reason for me to own that. Oh, so <laughs> that, that leads on to one thing I'll recommend as, a, as an end note to an end cap to this. If you have friends that play and you're part of a team, just borrow their stuff. Just don't be a princess. Oh, yeah. Just borrow stuff. It's so much easier. You'll appreciate it. They'll appreciate it. The models will get the cobwebs off, which is an underrated thing that you might not, not have thought about. I found I pulled my Lord of Change out to proxy him as the Silent King for some practice days. And yeah, dude had cobwebs between the wings. It's yep. been a while. Yeah. So blend your models out and save yourself dusting. Yeah. My discos were literally dusty when I pulled them off the shelf. Okay. I don't want to I don't even want to tell you how dusty this guy was when I pulled them off the shelf. <laughs> Just to oh, go. Wow, he's pretty. Yeah, thanks. Um, but like somebody's like, oh, I need a hive tank with a venom cannon for an event. And I was like, I've got one. They have them with wings, and I'm like. Uh, okay, if you want to try them out, sure, here you go. <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? All right. <laughs> you know, the sh a portable shard gullet is not as terrible as you think. All right, that's somewhat fair. It's pretty bad. It's not good. It's just, yeah. <laughs> it's just not terrible, right? If that was the bar. That's the bar. What's the, uh, what's the After the controversial judging calls of the weekend, do you think larger events need to have some kind of standardized training or qualification for their judges? I'm going to let... Brian, I think Brian, one, yeah. Yeah, Brian should answer that. Brian, you were a super so, qualified magic judge for a while, right? And they have a whole circuit right. for that? Um, they have a level circuit for that. Um, the nice part about that was that everything for them was written in stone. Everything for their books, everything they did, everything they put together, the game itself supported it, found all the answers, got the answers out quickly. And they were, when stuff's bad, they ban cards, they remove cards, they restrict cards, whatever the case might be. Games Workshop doesn't really look at it in those terms and that, that standpoint. It would be nice if there was an independent organization that was overseen by, I know, say, people like myself who have been judging for a long time, who have good qualifications, who all work together on a global standard to institute something. But at the same time, it'd be nice if GW had, like they used to have many, many years ago, someone on staff 24 hours a day with an instant chat who you could go, hey, we have a rules question. And that person be the qualified person to respond back, whoa, this is what the ruling should be. And if you had that where, you know, you know there's going to be a major event and someone's there covering in the background, it would help immensely. Because there's times, and Anthony's been there when I've done this, where I've gone, all right, let me see all the books. I walk away for a second, I read everything, and then I walk back over and point and go, all right, here's the line, this is the rule, this is why. And most everybody respects that you took the time to actually like research it, spend a few minutes. A lot yeah. of times I've noticed this from going to events and being a judge at events. Judges will make a snap ruling and you have to go, whoa, that's not right. Um, right. One of the judges at LVO made a terrible ruling in a Necron game. And I heard it from a couple tables away where I was doing a call. And I walked over and went, you're incorrect. And this judge is above me on the LVO circuit. And he was like, how? So I had to show him, explain it to him, walk him through it. And he was like, oh, my God, I need to fix this right now. Luckily, the people had not advanced in the game yet. So he was able to adjust it and fix it right there. But sometimes judges have to put their egos aside. And that's a, that's a hard thing to do as someone who's a judge. I know it's hard to do. 
but you have to listen to the players too, where a player goes, well, this is the rule. This is what I think. The player goes, well, this is the rule. This is what I think. And you go, all right, let me read. Let me take both your opinions into account and go over them. And sometimes they're both wrong. And you have to actually explain it out to them, explain to them sentence structure things, and then go, here's the FAQ from Games Workshop. Here's the WTC FAQ. So in between these two, here's where it's, we find the rule. Um, I use the WTC FAQ a lot. Now, granted, I've helped a little bit here and there with it, but I'm a big fan of it because it's a community-driven thing where a lot of people get together and rule on stuff. Do I agree with everything? Absolutely not. But it's nice to have some consistency to fall back on. That's my opinion. Yeah, I, I liked when ITC and WTC and all that had codified FAQs, which I had everything is living FAQs in like seventh edition. I know seventh edition has a lot of issues, but the fact that the community drove a lot of the resources that we used was very beneficial on in terms of keeping everything consistent. Uh, even just stuff like the ITC code of conduct, I, I couldn't tell you from running events myself, I couldn't tell you what the ITC code of conduct says that the escalation procedure is on a single goddamn thing because it doesn't have any FAQ grins in it. So I've never like consulted it because why would I, I it doesn't, it's just, you know, I can do punishments myself. What I need help with is, you know, making sure things are consistent. Um, yeah. And I think that a level of standardization to that could be a very good thing that we yeah. definitely use. Broadly, too, to touch on the first part of the question, I really would like to see a statement from FLG of some variant that, like, explains what happened this weekend. Like, that would be great. Um, if they could do that, that'd be awesome, and I'd appreciate it. Because as of right now, like, it's very, it's a very odd scenario that we've ended up with because we're not getting like a clear stream of information regarding exactly what happened. And if they could put out something and clarify that, that would be much appreciated from not even me, like Anthony on stat check or me, Anthony on art of war, like from me, Anthony, the player who is looking to attend their events, uh, like mostly just LVO at this point from the rest of the seasons. But like, I don't want to go to an event and have things go sideways and then not know what's going on yeah especially um, if it's because you've chosen to take an innovative list you've got it cleared and then you get the thing dumped on you we don't want to run super in-depth on what happened um there's right. plenty of information out there uh because it kind of feels well, like piling on at this point that's but, the problem though i don't want to pile on but i would just like a clear statement of like hey this is what so happened I mean, this is what we're doing to correct it in the future and that's all it doesn't need to get so crazy here's the thing do you realize how many steps they have to go through to do that because all oh. of us who do all of the events all the judges yeah. Are volunteers. No matter what anyone thinks, these are guys who volunteer their time away yep. for a weekend to hang out with friends, have some fun, get a free room, and that's it. Yeah. Outside of that, you might get one free meal. Um, unless you work for me, that's a different story. Um, but you get one free <laughs> meal and you're happy. You have a good time, you you know, you shoot the shit with everybody, and it's a fun time. These folks are human. This is not like myself. Oh, yeah. I have it as a full-time job. It's what I do. I'm paid by a store to know the rules, to do everything, to know everything. I go and help because that's what I enjoy doing. But yeah. this is a group of guys who made an error. If one of them, who's the one who made the thing, comes out and went, hey, we made a mistake. Sorry about that. We'll try not to let it happen again. The, the problem yeah. with that is that this is a that you're putting the power of volunteers in the hands that they do have absolute power over your weekend, basically. They do, they so do. just get a wrong call. And I, the guy who the guy who got the wrong call against lost out on the opportunity to win a super major. Um, and not even not even just that, right? I don't think that the volunteer dude that like the local judge that volunteered to run the yeah, thing it should be FLG putting. He, yeah, he shouldn't be like just face tanking the blame for that, right? There should be like 
hey, if you're going to do it in that manner, there should be some form of, yeah. like, head judge from, like, the FLG whatever yeah, that, sure. like, makes the call on stuff like that. Yeah. I don't FLG, know, so. FLG should be codifying how their, how their process allowed a mistake like this to be made. Uh, and, I, and I don't disagree with you. Like when I when I judged uh, ACO for the first year, Adam Solis came in and was there right. on staff in case there was an issue, right? And then I went and judged LVO, uh, my second FLG event, right? And I worked with Salty John and Adam and all of them. And when they got done, they were like, "Yeah, Brian, you caught us making mistakes, and uh, I don't think you need to have anybody at ACO." But whenever right. I had to make at ACO, when I had to make a tough ruling, right, there was one that was a little difficult. I brought my judge crew together, not just myself. I brought the entire crew together, all five of us. We talked about it, came to a decision. And I was like, are we all comfortable with this? And then we were like, yeah, we're comfortable with it. All right. So why are we comfortable with it? X, Y, Z, everything added up. We could put it in black and white and put it down I don't know the situation of what happened there. I don't know if it was one guy at a table who went, did this, and that's it. I wish they that FLG and every other judge group did this, where you get all your crew together when it's something difficult, and you talk about it, and you resolve it amongst yourselves. And if you need someone, FLG, especially at their events, because that's their profession, that's what they do, should have somebody like Salty John, Adam Solis, or so on, to be there for a phone call or be there for a text message to give a reply within a few moments. You can always pause somebody's game clock, add a few minutes to a round. It's not the end of the world to get the ruling correct. Yep. Yeah, I absolutely agree. There should be some form of oversight. And again, just some form of, like, I would just like to see something from the company that runs the largest events that could be like, hey, this is what happened. This is what we're doing. That's it. And then it puts the whole thing to bed without any... none of this is on the individual judge that that's one thing i want to specify yeah so, i want to judge the judge made a wrong call judges are going to make wrong calls the fact that the judge was able to make the wrong call and have the impacts it did should be is the issue here it's it's the power that was put in the judge's hands that was allowed to be improperly or misused or incorrectly used i don't want to again make it like using his well. power yeah, it was an act yeah, he, right? he, he got he got it wrong and the, the fact that he got it wrong had too many consequences for the level of issue that it was kind of thing so right. coming from sports officiating which i did like for pretty much my whole youth like judges officials referees are going to make mistakes yeah. some of those mistakes will cost games because that's just how some of those things end up working out in 40k because there are fewer like rulings that are made rulings end up having like an enhanced effect but i think part of the question here is about professionalization of judges and unfortunately i don't think you can expect like volunteer judges necessarily to follow some level of professionalization for the amount of compensation that they're receiving and unless the community is willing to open their pocketbooks to pay judges to judge events dude you can't expect like some of these hierarchical structures of standards and punishments and like yep. responsibility to exist i mean and one of the things in the magic community that happened was there was a class action lawsuit against wizards of the coast to yeah. get compensation for their judges because they would get if you were a level one judge and you went to one of their majors or whatever they wanted to call it qualifiers or something and helped out you got a box of cards you got a hundred bucks for the weekend. You didn't get a free room. You didn't get put up. You got a hundred bucks. I mean, it wasn't like you were getting amazing things, even from somebody that was a 
you know, multi-billion dollar company that right. Hasbro is. So it's tough. Yep. They, they, you have to rely on these volunteers and myself being one, I don't mind doing it. I enjoy doing it. It's a ton of fun. Standardization would be nice if there was, if Games Workshop actually just sat down and went, these are the rules. These are the FAQs. And after they FAQ'd things and the community went, hey, you didn't cover all this stuff. They did it again. They did it again and started covering that stuff and listen to the community more. I mean, they're they're getting better. There. They're yeah. on their way there. I think having Mike Brandt, Justin Cook, and a few other people in their fold will help it get there if they listen to those people. There's a lot of egos involved with rules and rules writing and rules design that you have to get past to make sure everything falls nicely. And I do think like there could just be paid judges, but at some level of this, like it needs to be either beyond just Games Workshop being responsive and perhaps creating something to like assist with rulings for the tournament circuit. Um, Frontline or another organization is just going to have to increase event costs and bring in paid judges and like set standards. If you could point to and show me that like the extra X dollar, call up to as much as like $40 on these super major tickets where all that money was going to go to the judges, I would pay it in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. I, I, I there are a lot of people who <laughs> and that's like a different thing right like, yeah people are gonna have to put some so, risk in some cash for people to set this up like the investment can't come from nowhere and nobody's yeah. gonna make it listen so the, one th the one thing i can say is because i i to events i run mm -hmm. events i coordinate events events don't make a shit ton of money when yeah. they're 100 person events just ran one. Two game systems, had 100 people there. We made, at the end of the day, nothing. And I mean nothing. Now, did the sales from the store going on help that? Absolutely. But that's all it did was it broke even, in all honesty. And that's not counting the you know 40 tables of terrain, 40 mats that right. we bought new for this event, brand new because we wanted to try something out. And FLG hat manufactures their terrain, savings. They manufacture all their mats, savings. They get volunteers for everybody, savings. FLG probably makes a good penny on events. I'm not saying they make a gangbuster killing, but they probably yeah. make a good penny to where they could start setting up their team of X number of people. It's not like they're adding terrain. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't want to get into that. I do. <laughs> I, look, as someone who volunteers for them and helps them, I really wish, and I and Anthony's heard me say this before, I'll say it all the time, at ACO, the first big event post-COVID, I went there and I was setting up the tables, and I was, I'm a big fan of pre-laid out, reset out terrain, and I set up the terrain, and I go, this fucking sucks. There was no other words out of my mouth. That's what he said. Terribles are fucking terrible. They're awful. The only one that's playable is the orc table, and this big fucking building is useless because all it does is get in the way because you can't get inside it. And they were like, what can we do to improve this? So like, the easiest thing you can do is just let the players put it down themselves and say, fuck it, it's on you. And I didn't realize I was opening the can of worms I opened when I said that half-assed. So, and as everyone can yell at me for that one because I put the idea out there and Reese was there, Kicker was there, and I was just like, oh. And then the next event they ran, player place terrain. And I went, 
oh, fuck. <laughs> My response was, I thought I was talking about we should add terrain and have some standardized tables. And they were like, yeah, but this saves us a lot of money. And I get that. It's a business. <laughs> no, I get it. I do but... think if you wanted to start it, you start it with a hotline thing for judging. Like, you just find five people. You don't have to fly them to all your events. Just have five people exist who can answer judging questions at a higher level, and that's it. Hey, look, my name's Legion Brian Horton on Facebook. If you message me a question saying, hey, I'm a TO, and I have a difficult ruling and I can't figure it out, as long as I got my phone within earshot and I see it, I will respond to you as fast as I can. I ask 40K Discord's questions all the time when I don't know how to rule something, or if I'm not sure how to answer a rules question. Like, just ask. The worst yeah. thing you can do on Discord is, like, ask and nobody can reply to you real quick. Yeah. And I really need to take an extra five minutes. Yeah. My frustration with the terrain at Frontline events has definitely led me to going to less of them, specifically because they could just print, they could laser cut some MDF plates and be like, that's a GW setup now. Bang. And that would solve their problem overnight. But they just, nah, man. <laughs> we got a system and it works. And that I, drives me nuts. <laughs> as, as someone who just put on a GT, who used the GW layout, and I went to every U.S. place and went, how much for you to do this for me? And Anthony played on the tables. And I legitimately searched the internet. The people who make the WTC terrain were like, hey, we have a beta version of making the GW terrains. Would you like to try it out and then give us feedback? And I'm like, absolutely. What's the cheapest you can do it for? Because yeah. I'm a TO running a first year event. They were like, 40 tables, pre cut, shipped to you from Croatia, five grand. And I went, that seems pretty cheap. They're pre printed, pre trained, technically, however you want to put it. Yep. All you got to do is cut windows out, shove them together, put them on a table. Done. Done. Took me two days to cut out windows and a half a day to assemble them. 40 tables worth of terrain. I've gotten probably 30 messages in the last day and a half. Where can I buy that terrain? Where can I pick that up? Do you sell it at your store? Because it's good. nice and it's simple and it's easy. Yeah. Yep. It's good stuff. I really enjoy using it. Yep. Uh, right. Can we quickly jump through the rapid fire of the last person? Because I need to go to bed. Really oh, yeah. You have to go to sleep. Let's do that. <laughs> cool. Um, first one from Seth Allstar. Uh, they have several new Chaos themed train sets. This is Frontline. Uh, what's your opinion on the I have not seen it, unfortunately. I don't. Uh, I don't even believe that's real. I think he's just trolling you. Yeah. I don't get I don't get Frontline Gaming's emails. I turned them off. There were too many. Uh, there were too many for these are pre orders in a country you can't buy, buy stuff from. So I turned off their emails. Yeah, that seems. Not helpful. Yeah, it wasn't great. Um, who's most excited for squats? I'm paraphrasing Chris's question. I'm excited um, for him. I'm, I'm excited for more for more short fat guy representation. I have metal trikes down there if it counts for anything. No, oh, man. That that for more Are they the ones wearing the old biker jackets and stuff like oh, that? Oh hell yeah. Oh perfect. I love that. that I actually like awesome. I love the aesthetic of the minis that GW has released so far, except for the oh, robot yeah. handyman. That's the only model who I kinda like raise my eyebrows at because he's of robots wearing an apron full of tools. But it's okay. It's fine. Yeah. It doesn't, not everything has to be something I like, but I do like the aesthetic so far of kind of like a little bit of decoration, but mostly like just function that a lot of them have. And that's, that appeals. Which is the best faction specific Facebook competitive group and why is it CSF? It's none of them. None of them are good. I'm not in any of them and I'm so mad. 
Yeah. All the faction anythings, discords, Facebook groups, Reddits, they're all terrible. And the only thing they're good for is for looking at hobby stuff. Yeah, their models are pretty. That's that's the only thing you should go to those for, and that's it. And collecting unbelievable memes. Yes. Yeah, memes are good. What mechanic from another tabletop game would you like to see in 40k? The double turn from Sigmar. No, <laughs> Anthony, don't do that. <laughs> the double turn from Lord of the Rings. Oh no, that's oh. too many games for that to be in. How about sequential... Oh, alternating activations from Lord of the Rings. No! <laughs> Damaged happening at the end of the turn from Apocalypse. Eh, yeah, why not? I'm not sure. Okay. Seems terrifying. <laughs> the whole the the, uh, the way combat the way combat worked in uh, Seventh Edition Fantasy, where you pulled from the front, and if you got pulled out of combat, you couldn't. Yeah, fight. <laughs> yeah. Let's go, High Elf Swordmasters. That's where I get to go. How about a D twelve system? Oh, Ooh. fancy, weird. But no, <laughs> like a fantasy, like a like pro, like one to twelve D twelve, or like a fantasy flight style D twelve, where everything's proprietary with pictures. No, like ah! a real a real D twelve system that actually makes statistics and weapon skill no. and all of let's, that. Let's go with tw- twelve different pictures that all mean something else. On they tried that kill team, dude. You can move triangle and punch square. <laughs> Hell yeah, you're always punching square. Um, <laughs> you're a tourist visiting Scotland for a week. Way. What are some of the top places to visit? Top things to do and things to eat. Places to visit. Most of it. It's a very nice country. Just avoid like a couple specific like. Don't spend too much time in city centers if you don't like that stuff. There's lots of lovely lakes and castles and stuff to visit. We've got shit that's older than your country. It's fine. Um, it's cool. It's, it's great. Uh, there's loads to do. Um, top places to visit. So top things to do. It's a it's a country. It's a you can do most things that you would expect people to do in the United States. Um, like you want to go bowling or go karting or whatever. You want to go golfing if you're a golf person. Scotland's great. Um, and things to eat. Deep fried marshmallow. I'm about to find out, so here, here. Maybe, that's what I'll can... do. Maybe I'll make like a bad vlog, and we'll do that while I'm in Scotland, <laughs> and we'll post it as bonus content. It's just me and Innes getting up to shenanigan nonsense for one and a half days. It yeah. is. I can provide you all with an image of the chaos terrain from. That's do we want to live react to the chaos terrain from FLG? Yeah, let's do it here. I'm going to share it. I'll share my screen. We're going to get a good idea of what time it is where Nathan is and exactly what his IP is. I'm gonna get a really good reaction of me from this one if it's bad. I think this works. Here it comes. Oh, yeah, it's like they made the cathedral set not abject trash. That's not bad. See what the? F- Where is that? <laughs> this terrain actually looks functional and has ruins with bases. It's got L's. I don't L's. like the bases. If it wasn't on bases, I'd love it. But those bases make that terrain footprint so small. It's the uh, it's actually the fact that that middle, like the center right one, base is like a rectangle. If it was just an L or like a U, that yeah. base would be fine. It's like oh, so there's just this. I can't stand on that because I'll get seen through the fucking shot. open door. Yeah, or close those doors and it's fine. Close the yeah. doors. Yeah, yeah, yeah close the doors. The doors. Good. That seems real easy for them to fix. I actually like that set. Yeah, it, it could do with like nice, eight yeah. more pieces, but you know. It could that's definitely my, that's use my, another. That's my WTC privilege. It could definitely use another small ruin, and then I, I would say you... like two more pieces of that scatter terrain, the small wall. Oh, sure. Like I meant like fence. those L's, like the middle left mm, L. It's fine. It's player place. You're gonna get three of them. 
Like there, yeah, there's a, there's a limit of how good you can make it on player place because if you start giving people four runes of player place, well, you're never going to get shot. They could just do this and then not player place it, bro. They're not going <laughs> to do that. Brian Brian made their uh, Brian made it back. <laughs> We're so close to greatness. That set is almost good. It's 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 better than their other sets. Yeah, it looks like sure. a w, it looks like a WTC lightboard, but you dropped some of the terrain. Like yeah, on the way looks, to the table. It looks like a good step in the correct direction towards putting more terrain on their board. Which I will absolutely applaud. If they continue in that Agreed. direction, I would be stoked and would not make fun of them. If, we were, if I played every game at LVO on that terrain, I would only complain a little bit afterwards. <laughs> oh man, you're going to be rough. The for, the first two rounds at LVO are going to be tough sledding for you, homie. You're going to be playing on like the Tau set and like oh. the, the Oops All Forest set where some of them are craters and some of them are obscuring forests. <laughs> That sounds good. Um, I think that's it for us today. Do you, Anthony? Have you used the uh, the Let's Go markers yet? Absolutely, have I have. Those are the ones I use at my local. Whenever I play at my local, I use the uh, Alex got me really nice Let's Fucking Go markers with the guy like making the face that I use constantly in Discord. Yeah, just the, that is uh, that is my that is my objective marker that I use when I'm playing at my local. All right, everybody. We have given you 20 minutes of extra, to- of extra time this week because we couldn't stop talking about ref calls. So we are going to call it there. Uh, thank you very much, Brian. Is there anything you would like to plug before we get shot off? Uh, so I got to plug the store I work for. It's the art store, cny.com. You can get 15% off games, workshop miniatures there. They have a customer rewards program. For every dollar you spend, you get a point. Once you get to 300 points, you get a $50 off coupon. Works off the 21.5% off GW product. We ship anywhere in the U.S. for over 35 bucks for free, so it's a good deal. That's my plug. Nice. So check out the art store CNY, and I'm assuming yeah. that's .com. Yes. Yep. Yeah, uh, we'll take a link to that in the show notes. So if you are in the continental United States, or I'm assuming anywhere in the United States, uh, you should uh, check them out because Brian's cool guy. Is that a thing that happens? Do you ship internationally? Is that real? Uh, we can't ship Games Workshop internationally, but we can ship all our art supplies. Ah, I see. There you go. All right, there you go. Um, cool. Uh, otherwise, you can check us out at patreon.com slash statcheck and stat-check.com where you can find all of our extra, extra stuff. So that's looking at the all the ranking scores, whether that's the Curie ranking score, uh, competitive ranking score, sorry, or the ELO system. You also find the meta dashboard there and also links to all of our other stuff, our Facebook, our Twitter, and our Patreon. Uh, if you are willing to support us you would like to support us you can check out the discord uh, where you will access all of the bonus content which we should have our wc draft coming on friday uh, and next friday uh, so that'll be whatever the date on friday the 5th i want to say we'll be it's releasing nathan we'll be releasing nathan's interview from uh nathan's interview from the show i made the actual show i made uh, so we'll be doing that and then this friday for bonus content for everybody will be the wc draft Thank you very much, everybody, for joining us. I have been Ennis. I have been joined by Anthony, Nathan, and Brian from the Art Store CNY. And thank you for joining us. We will be back same time, same place next week for our sins. Bye-bye.